Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Here's where we were. Life was busy. Work was overwhelming. Our calendars were jammed. We rushed from one thing to the next in ceaseless activity. We despaired over not having time for the important things. Our greatest wish was to just have a break. And then we got it. On March 16th, my friend Susan texted that San Francisco had just declared a citywide lockdown. She was imagining being imprisoned in her apartment with National Guard troops patrolling the city's iconic bridges. With her characteristic British stoicism, she forged ahead saying, we are truly witnessing history in real time. Today, we are adapting astonishingly well to our new normal. We're learning to Zoom, trading hilarious memes, and delving into quarantine projects we could never quite get to before. Across the nation, shoeboxes full of photos are finally getting scanned. Dusty guitars are being played once more. Treasures are being discovered in the recesses of long neglected junk drawers. And yet, life at home, always at home, is still terribly monotonous. Each morning, another Groundhog Day begins. The challenges of this time extend well beyond the tedium. We're in a profound moment of collective grieving. People we love are vulnerable, sick, and dying. We're also grieving the smaller but still painful losses of dashed expectations and deferred dreams. The senior spring, the long-awaited trip, the big celebration. We feel fearful and betrayed as we watch our government fail us. We're devastated to be confronted with the cost of our country's long-standing systems of inequality. Poor people, people of color, elders, immigrants, and service sector workers are paying with their lives. Navigating these intense feelings of grief and anger is demanding internal work. It deserves our attention. It's tempting to be distracted by the siren song of self-improvement. With so much time suddenly available, I could come out of quarantine in the best shape of my life. I could power through the entire list of great books. I could finally achieve the holy grail of purging every last bit of clutter from my house, right? 
I'm guessing I'm not alone in being susceptible to the delusion of devoting this time to the complete life upgrade. But here's the thing. We've suddenly been given the opportunity to Marie Kondo our lives, not just our closets. Quarantine projects are fantastic, but there's a danger in distracting ourselves with too much busy work. Let's not miss the gift of transformation available to us in this moment. Writer and director Julio Vincent Gambudo tells us, the treadmill we've been on for decades just stopped. Bam. This may be the greatest gift ever unwrapped. Not the virus, not the sickness, and certainly not the deaths, but the great pause. It is, in a word, profound. What this crisis is giving us is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see ourselves in the plainest of views. At no other time have we gotten the opportunity to see what would happen if the world simply stopped. Here it is. We're in it. And because it is rarer than rare, it has brought to light all of the beautiful and painful truths of how we live. This is our chance to define a new version of normal, a sacred opportunity to get rid of what doesn't work and to bring back only what works for us, what makes our lives rich, what makes our kids happy, what makes us truly proud. We care deeply about one another. That is clear. We are good people. And as good people, we want to define on our own terms what our world looks like in 5, 10, 50 years. This is our chance to do that. The biggest one we've gotten and possibly the best one we'll ever get. My friend Susan was right. All of us are living through a moment in history. We will talk about this experience for the rest of our lives. The choices that we make today will shape those narratives. What do you want your pandemic story to be? Life right now can be inconvenient, tedious, lonely, sad, scary. And this time holds incredible opportunity. As people who are committed to the spiritual journey, how can we live deeply into this moment? How do we want our community and our world to be different on the other side? How will the great pause change us. American sociologist Eric Kleinenberg tells us, this pandemic is going to cause immense pain and suffering, but it's inviting us to reconsider who we are and what we value, and in the long run, it could help us rediscover a better version of ourselves. The pandemic has the potential to be a turning point in our lives but only if we turn. For starters, MIT's Sherry Turkle offers an inspiring vision of how we might shift our use of technology. She says, perhaps we can use our time with our devices 
to rethink the kinds of community we can create through them. In these early months, we've seen inspirational examples. Cello virtuoso Yo-Yo Ma posts a daily concert of a song that sustains him. Broadway's Lin-Manuel Miranda invites performers from high school musicals who cannot put on their shows to send videos of their performances so he can watch. Master yoga instructors teach free classes. This is a different life on the screen from disappearing into a video game or polishing one's avatar. This is breaking open a medium with human generosity and empathy. We are being invited to look within and ask, what can I authentically offer? What do people need? If moving forward, we apply our most human instincts to our devices, that will be a powerful COVID-19 legacy. Not only alone together, but together alone. Here at Arlington Street, our amazing tech team has made it possible to live cast our weekly services to hundreds of people across the country and around the world. Our beloved spiritual community is so much bigger than we knew, encompassing people who haven't been able to be here in years, as well as new friends who continue to make their way to our virtual great doors. While we look forward to the glorious day that we can gather in this sanctuary again, the live stream is here to stay. We're not going back to the old normal. When Massachusetts began to shut down, my colleague Kim and her wife Kim graciously invited me to join them at their home on Cape Cod. They were worried about me living alone in my little studio apartment in the city, afraid I would be lonely in isolation or worse, get sick with no one to care for me. I was incredibly moved by the invitation, but also hesitant to accept. I'm like a cat. I love people, but I don't need to be with them all the time. I'm perfectly content to be tucked in at home doing my own thing. In those early days, there were so many unknowns. When I considered the scenarios of how a lockdown might unfold, one of the scariest I could imagine was getting trapped somewhere with other people. For a few days, I sat with my impulse to politely decline. I imagined the extraordinary projects I could accomplish at home in quarantine. The complete life upgrade was finally within reach. But Susan's prophetic words about living through a moment in history continued to percolate. I realized that staying within my four walls would be the choice to keep myself insulated. I would likely experience the pandemic as a not so different, as not so different from my regular life. A defining moment would pass me by. The world would shift, but on the other side, I would be the same. Self-reliance is bred into us as Americans. We are individualists. But the virus is showing us that this paradigm has to shift. 
challenging us to be more deep, challenging us to be more deeply connected to each other while we are apart. Pushing against my comfort zone, I chose connection. For the first time in 20 years, I have roommates. I'm here to tell you how surprisingly easy it is to go from fiercely independent to thankfully interdependent. Communal life is rich with the gifts of simple pleasures and profound relationship. Turns out it's really fun to work out with other people. And do you know how delicious a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes when someone else makes it for you? To be reminded on a daily basis that I am loved and cherished is new and not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. This new openness and deepening of connection is unfolding on a virtual platform for all of us. Despite the fact that we are physically distant, we are so much more accessible. I love how social norms around reaching out have changed. I'm suddenly hearing from dear but distant friends who I've been missing for years. Oz, one of my best friends from high school, just FaceTimed me out of the blue. We had a great catch-up while I watched him cook a gourmet dinner for one. I'm really close with my sister Sally, but we can go for weeks without connecting in the midst of our busy lives. These days, we talk or text almost daily. It feels right, how it's supposed to be. Suddenly, we're all available and eager to connect. It's a gift of the great pause to revel in our relationships. Widening this lens, let's look, let's look in on what's happening in our congregation. We're showing up for each other in amazing ways, calling, shopping for groceries, troubleshooting computer issues, and freely offering our gifts. Throughout the week in the Arlington Street Zoom room, we meditate together and send loving kindness to the world. We read poetry, write, drink tea, and sing together. We're getting to know each other as never before, seeing and being seen in, a whole, in whole new ways. Every day, we nourish this beloved community. And on Sunday mornings, we are worshiping together, welcoming new friends with so much warmth and love, sharing candles of sorrow and joy, all virtually. We have learned just how deeply we are longing and eager to fulfill our great covenant to love one another and to help one another. As Unitarian Universalists, we talk a lot about the interdependent web before, the web felt almost theoretical, invisible, a spider web made of filaments too delicate to be easily detected by the human eye. Moving at breakneck speed, we didn't notice it. The pandemic has been like a rainstorm, showering the web and revealing it, glittering in the sun, intricate and beautiful. Now I know without a doubt 
that I can give a little tug on my part of the web and I'll get a response. Likewise, if you tug on your part of the web, we will feel you. Each of us is moving from I to we. It turns out that separation was always an illusion. Every day now, the pandemic is inviting us to ask, what do we want to stop doing? Did we really need to buy so much, drive so much, and be so busy? What do we want to keep doing? What do we want to start doing? Time will tell how this experience has changed me. Time will tell how this experience is changing us. But I, for one, can't imagine going back to regular life. Author Virginia Heffernan writes, maybe as in the time of the Black Plague, it will take the dual specters of autocracy and disease to get us to listen to our common sense, our imaginations, our eccentricities, and not our programming. A more expansive and braver approach to everyday existence is now crucial so that we don't fall in line with environmentally and physiologically devastating behaviors. When this is over, the pull to return to the old normal is gonna be like a tidal wave. Social justice activist Sonia Renee Taylor assures us, we will not go back to normal Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal, other than that we normalized greed, inequality, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all humanity and nature. My friends, we are witnessing history in real time. We are making history in real time. And what we make of it is up to us. Let us grieve. Let us resist the temptation to be distracted from both the challenges and the gifts of this time. What do you want your story of the great pause to be? Will we allow it to change us? This is how we're supposed to be, accessible, eager to connect, reveling in our interdependence. Let's not miss the gift of transformation available to us in this moment. May we survive. May we thrive. May we be made new. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.